0: From the capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at espnrichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327 0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN.
1: To uh, kick off our number two of the Tuesday, Sports Huddle. I want to pick up on the story that you just heard on Sports Center that's kind of beginning to run its life here that's kind of beginning to you know go through the news cycle and that was the Bills Chiefs game and the offside call at the end that negated you know a fabulous play um, as I heard one of the ESPN hosts last night say really cool play really fabulous play not the greatest play ever in the history of the National Football League let's not embellish the moment and of course it didn't count anyway so it wouldn't be up there anyhow but even if it had counted it would have been a really cool daring play but I'm not sure you would put it at the top of the list of the all-time great plays in NFL history. That having been said, the out-of-character outburst of Patrick Mahomes... And somewhat Andy Reid. I wouldn't call Reid's an outburst, but he's usually pretty much close to the vest. And in this case, even he let his emotions get with him a bit in his post-game press conference. But obviously Mahomes certainly did with his outrage, his maniacal style on the sideline uh, as that game was ending, his comments that got picked up by cameras and microphones uh, to Josh Allen when the two met on the field after the game, all of that. And now today... Mahomes is backpedaling. And I mean that in a positive way in his case. Um, he he came out and he said, look, obviously you don't want to react that way. I mean, I care. I love it. I love the game. Love my teammates. I want to go out and do everything we can to win the game, but obviously you can't do what I did. Can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in life. More than anything, I regretted the act, um, the way I acted toward Josh Allen after the game because he had nothing to do with it, which is which is obviously true. And I think Mahomes went, went on to say, you know, it's certainly not the right example. He said, I was still hot and emotional, but you can't do that. It's not a great example for kids watching the game. I was more upset about that than me on the sideline. Um, so this is actually a case to me, a couple of points, and then I even want to get into the call a, a little bit, because everybody's voiced their opinion on it. I might as well as well. I think this is one case where um, – Patrick Mahomes is showing two true sides of himself. Um, You're not going to be the competitor and the successful competitor at the high level that he is without having those type of emotions, without playing with that kind of fire and passion. And he just had an uncanny way of never really showing it. Every once in a while, uh, you would see something from him, but nothing like we saw the other night. So I I think both sides are the real Patrick Mahomes. I don't think you're going to see a visible, physical outburst like that probably ever again from him. He's just too smart a guy to let his emotions get the better of him by doing that again. And I think his comments today were actually sincere. You know, a lot of times when these professional athletes and coaches make mistakes, say things they shouldn't say, do things that they shouldn't have done, uh, they they come out with this public apology that sounds like a PR guy has written it for them. And in a lot of cases, a PR guy probably has written it for him I don't think that was the case with Mahomes. I think this was true and honest and, you know, from his heart and and he still may get fined for this and as he said i was wrong they find me i'll pay the fine i'm not going to appeal not nothing along those lines so i do think this is one of those cases where both of these are true examples of patrick mahomes both sides of this thing and i do think his backpedaling today and his kind of you know public apology to to everybody I think was sincere, and I and I actually think it worked. I don't think it's going to get him anything moving forward, and he's never going to live down that episode. I mean, it's going to live on tape, on video, forever and ever, even though uh, he apologized for it all. But I do think this was a case in which he really was sincere, and what he was saying today, and I, and he actually also went back and said, you know what? It actually was offside. I mean, how hot was he on Sunday when he said that can't be called? That's ridiculous. That's an embarrassment to the NFL and and all of that. Now that he's gone back and calmed down 48 hours later and watched the tape. Uh, which all the football players and coaches do, and always say I can't comment until I see the tape, Uh, this may have been a perfect example of that. And um, I was one of those uh, immediately in agreement that that needed to be called, that that was offside. Uh, You know, when they put the blue line on there for television, obviously the officials don't have that. He's significantly offside for what we are used to seeing in an NFL game. And the, the referee's explanation that not only was the foot over the line, but so was his head with his helmet to the point where the line judge couldn't see the football in the center's hand because the helmet of 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 Tony was was blocking his view. So it obviously had to be over the line of scrimmage. So you, I think you had to call that. And the argument that that's out there that you know he it really didn't even affect the play, even though he was uh, Kadarius Tony was involved in in the play is a ridiculous argument because how did the official know that's how that play was going to go when he threw the flag? It's not like could pick it up afterwards and say, wait a minute, he wasn't really involved, you know, it didn't really impact him being in the position he was to catch the lateral from Kelsey and score the touchdown, pick the flag up. That's that's not going to happen. And, and, look, if that had been a defensive guy, look, it's very unusual to get offensive offside. Now, it happened later that night in the Eagles-Cowboys game, as well and the Eagles were doing the brotherly shove play and one of the offensive linemen, I don't think it was Lane Johnson, but one of the offensive linemen was called for offensive offside because he had lined up in that tight bunch format form uh you know formation and was already right, his helmet was over the ball, was past the, the ball on the line of scrimmage and, and, you know, the Eagles who have been almost flawless with that play got penalized. On that play, it was basically the same thing. Uh, that how many times you think he's lined up like that before, and no line judge uh, called it, and the guy did. And I, I think the line judge was absolutely right to call the offside um, on Kadarius Tony on on that play. Whether he checked with the referee or not, he's got to be able to figure out how to line up. And whether it was uh, uh, half a foot or a couple of inches, it was. Pretty obvious that he, like I said, if it had been a defensive player, uh, you know, if a cornerback was pressing up on a wide receiver and he lined up a few inches offside, they would have called that and nobody would have thought twice about it. They would have shown it and said, okay, it's offside on on the defense. If a linebacker is coming up to the line of scrimmage, how many times have we seen that? Going Going to blitz and he kind of by, you know, half a snap count breaks the line of scrimmage, of course they're going to call it. And, of course, it's going to be a five-yard penalty. And then the one that I think everybody's using in life, uh, I'll get to the phones here in just a moment on this on this topic, um, is the speeding ticket. And at, at one time or another, if you drive long enough, you're going to get a speeding ticket, right? And most of us believe that if you're driving down 95 or 64, Maybe not 95 because you never go fast enough on 95 because there's too many cars on 95. But if you're driving down 295 or 64 or the Polite uh, Parkway and the speed limit is 60 and you're going 68, You're figuring you're safe from any cop out there, right? They're not going to pull me over for being only 8 miles over the speed limit. They won't get me into at least 10 or 11 or 12 miles over the speed limit. Well, this is the same thing. He's offside by a couple of inches. Oh, they're going to get me for a couple of inches. If I was offside by, you know, a yard, that would be another thing. But that cop would certainly be in his right to pull you over and give you a ticket for being eight miles over the speed limit. It you know, most cops it's probably not worth their time or the money to do that. But if you happen to get the right line judge or cop who's gonna say, you know what, eight miles over the speed limit you're speeding. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a ticket. Maybe the maybe the fine isn't gonna be as much. And in this case, it's only a five-yard penalty. The penalty fit the crime. Um, so I, I thought from the beginning of the whole thing that it was the right call and it was well within the official's right to make that call, whether anybody had confirmed or checked that he was onside or offside, he was offside on the play. And I think now the cooler heads have prevailed. Everybody, not everybody, most people are agreeing with with that interpretation of what happened and now that patrick mahomes has come out and said that i do think this thing is going to die down and we're going to move move on and look the chiefs are a struggling team right now both super bowl teams from a year ago have their issues right now that's why it is so hard to repeat particularly in the nfl and as good as the chiefs could have been their wide receivers have been terrible and they're struggling a little bit now. And the Eagles, the same way, the other Super Bowl team from a year ago, they got a lot of issues right now as well. It's it's hard to repeat uh, for a combination of regions, reasons in the NFL. All right, let me get to the phone lines here before we, we go any further. 804-327-0888. My first call of the week. Might have been my last call of last week, too. Uh, Reggie, good afternoon. You're on the Sports Title Town Bob.
2: What, what seemed to be the problem is, Yo, man. Well, what's but we're not winning enough. Town?
1: We're not winning enough, Reggie. I'm not Title <laughs> Town Bob, if you're not, not winning enough. And we're not winning enough. That's the problem.
2: Well, what I see, uh, injuries have definitely hurt you on your offense and your defense. And everybody's giving you their best shot. But real quick, Bob, you mentioned the original football program. Do you guys get a truffle for um, being co-champs, or how does that work?
1: Yes, we, we did. We got the trophy for being uh, tri-champs, as it turned out, with Albany and Villanova. We each got a trophy, yes. This sounds like a leading oh, okay. question, Reggie. What are you getting at here, Reg? What are you getting at?
2: No, no, no. There's nothing wrong. I'm glad that the young men worked hard considering how the season started and how it ended. I mean, I give credit to the program. I mean, the guys did a heck of a job, and I was just wondering how, how that worked. If did they do did, um, championships to everybody, or did they just say, well, you guys, co-champs, you know, here it is and keep it moving.
1: Uh, I don't I know, don't know, if, it, I don't it know if it broke the budget of the CAA or what, but yes, <laughs> they they had three trophies. One of them was up uh, at Albany, so with the, when they won their last regular season game, they'd get one. One of them was at the Villanova-Delaware game, so that, it, you know, when Villanova won, they got one, and there was one waiting in Williamsburg for when the Spiders beat William & Mary.
2: Okay. Well, you got to have a trophy before that's like a rivalry game anyway, though, right? Yeah, we got two trophies. So got they two had to trophies. they had
1: to clear off two seats on the bus coming home from Williamsburg. <laughs> one one to put the the Capital Cup, and the other to put the CAA Championship Trophy. You guys
2: are big ballers, y'all. Are ballers, <laughs> but before I go, <laughs>
1: before and, I and go you know, Bob, yeah. you know what else I'll say, Reggie. I'm really glad Albany won again, and they're in the national semifinals. I think it makes it makes it look a little better that when the spiders lost to Albany, that you know they lost to a team yeah. that's now played in the national semifinals this week.
2: Yeah, well, hey, hats off to them. But real quick, Bob, the favorite sport, baseball. Now this young man is getting signed this 700 million dollar contract with the Dodgers. Um, I think he the advisors didn't tell him they should have not signed the state of California. <laughs> Half his money, Uncle Sam is going to wear him out. I think Stephen A. and Shannon was saying between what thirty and forty million is going to go to Uncle Sam.
1: Well, he's never going to miss thirty. He's Reggie. He's getting seven hundred million. He'll never miss thirty to forty million. You do know he's deferred most of it. <laughs> You do know he's what? deferred most of it, right? Like he's only get only he's only getting two million a year for the ten years of the what? contract. No, he deferred the other whatever that is, sixty eight million per year to ten years beyond the length of the contract. So he's only getting two million to play baseball for the Dodgers. He's making about fifty million in endorsements every year. Come yeah, on, Reg, he's history. got the best accountants outside of Richmond.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that oh that no title town, I'm gonna sit back and listen. Hi, ah, Reg. It.
1: Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Appreciate it. I'm actually uh having lunch with my friendly accountant later this week. Maybe I'll ask him to give me the specifics on how that works, on the deferred payment and what it does for taxes and what it does for um, you know, all you know interest and, and all of that. So I got to remember to bring that up. And I'm buying lunch this week. So, um, you know, I, apparently I can afford it according to my accountant. But I'm going to ask her about that. Let me get one more in here before the break, and then we'll move on. 804-327-0888. Roger, how you doing?
3: Hey, all right, yourself? How you doing?
1: Great, thanks. Appreciate you calling.
3: Uh, all right, yeah. The, the NFL, the officiating is really taken away from the game. Um, a lot of these calls should not be called. Like, I'll give you an example. When a defensive uh, guy is trying to get off the field and he's running out of bounds and not involving the play, but they happen to hike the ball while he's still on the field, just don't call it. You know, Roger, so I cold. think
1: in the old days – I think you're right. I, I think the officiating has certainly gone downhill. In the old days, I feel what you just described is exactly what happened. And and they didn't. They just ignored it. And somewhere along the way, some league honcho, talking head, said, no, you can't do that until – got to call it until he's off the field. I agree with you on that one. If the guy is like two yards away and is sprinting off the field – I understand what you're saying, but you're right. They they call it every time now. You're right.
3: Yeah, but don't every year the, uh, the NFL gurus get together and try to make changes and, you know, for rules and whatever. But they yes. should be able to say, okay, look, let's use common sense, fellas. If the guy's getting off the field and he's not involved in the play, just let it go. Yep. I, 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 I'm, I'm with you on that. You know,
1: I and a, I, I a think these. The thing that they had to avoid, and this is maybe what changed it, was the player who faked like he was coming off the field. Like he really was the 11th guy, but he faked like he was coming off. This would be an offensive guy, like a wide receiver. And the play started, and all of a sudden he was in the play, and they were throwing the ball to him. I think that's what they were trying to avoid. Right,
3: right. Well, I can see it from the defensive
1: stance. Yes, yes, Stanford. I agree with you.
3: But, I agree and with then you. The second The second thing is these are legal procedures. If your tight end is not on the line of scrimmage, I mean, again, let it go, especially if it's a running play. You know, I mean, a, a, a lot of these calls just take a lot of time. And, and
1: they lessen the enjoyment of the game. I can't tell you how many times. I'm sure you've done this as well. You know, a play yeah. happens, and then you see the little yellow graphic comes up, flag. And right away, we all groan and go, of course, another play with a flag. Of course, another right. play. And it, it's all why the NFL, the, the entertainment value isn't quite as good as it has been.
3: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yep. Now, as far as Shohei Otani, I applaud him. because, like you said, I mean... First of all, I think I can live very well off two million dollars a year. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, second of all, that's not touching his endorsement money. Right. So if if he really has set himself up for that lifestyle when he gets seventy and eighty years old, oh, God bless him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: That's very uh, was... smart people he got into the corner.
1: I agree with you, and obviously the Dodgers were fine with it as well because the other part of that is there's no interest going to be added. Like, the the Dodgers aren't having to pay interest on the 68 mil he's not getting each year. It is the 68 mil. They can budget for that, as high a figure as that is, for the decade after the next 10 years. So I think it's actually a winning situation for both parties in that case. I think you're right. I, I think he's got very smart people that he's surrounded himself with.
3: Yep. Yeah. Well, yep. look, I enjoyed the show. You guys have a good, if I don't talk to you, have a great Christmas.
1: Thank you, Roger. I always appreciate it when you call. Keep tuned in and uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Thank you. All right. Uh, look, it's already 20 after five. Hang on there, Bruce. Either call back in a couple minutes or hang on because I definitely want to get you on the air this afternoon because you're, you're my man of the day, but I don't want to fall too far behind. So, Bruce, just, just hang on. Uh, let's, uh, let's get the break in here. Let's tell you what we got coming up, uh, on the sports huddle here in the next 40 minutes right here on 1061 ESPN.
0: These are this afternoon's top sports stories.
2: I'm sure you'll be fascinated
3: by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines.
1: Uh, brought to you by James River Air. If you're not happy with your heating and cooling system, give James River Air a call for a free in home consultation. Check them out online at James River Air. Com. Well, my lead story after the break is going to be Bruce. Longtime listener, longtime caller, one of our favorite guys, one of our most loyal listeners, and one of our most loyal customer uh, listeners. And he did something yesterday uh, to help. All of the youngsters in the greater Richmond area as part of our cheering gear program. And he's going to reap some benefits because of that when we get to next spring and next summer. And I'll tell you all about that as long as Bruce is patient enough to hang on. He'll join us next in just a moment. I'm glad he called in today because I definitely want to get to this. We'll take the break here, come back, we'll talk to Bruce, I'll tell you about it, and we'll do more. 804 327 0888, Sports Auto 1061, ESPN. All right, we're already to the bottom of the hour here at 5 o'clock. Bruce, I appreciate you hanging and being patient with us uh, during the break. So yesterday out of Cheer and Gear at the Henrico Sports and Events Center, uh, Parney was one of our first guests in the 4 o'clock hour, and he sits down with Matt and me, and the first thing he does, he puts the headset on and he plops down a $100 bill on the table and said, this is my Cheer and Gear donation challenge. The first
3: in my transit to and Gear and I knew you had to jump off early so I apologize for missing you I just had a crazy uh, 2.30 appointment and, and things got a little bit away from me but Bob, let, let, let's be clear here let, let, let me set the record straight if you will and uh, Gear is since the inception has been something that we have seen and when I say we I'm talking about my son and, and my wife but we've seen this as an opportunity to do something uh, to help. And, and, and no, and, and you know, saying G-Money yesterday, guys, Greg Burden, you know, Greg Toss's idea. I heard a lot on your, you and Matt co-host, and I heard a lot about the history of it uh, with, you know, talking with Dennis That This is a chance for those of us who are sports enthusiasts to say, hey, let me help bring that to a next generation and so we've enjoyed this opportunity for the past 17 years we've gone with g money to uh, the restaurant on main street home team grill we've gone with g money to the lexus dealerships uh you know and we try we're going to continue to support it uh and, and i just think you know, I, I was glad to do something with Parney, but I, I just think this is a great opportunity uh, to do something to show, you know, you know, you know, Bob, I'm not going to get into all the particulars. I grew up in Petersburg, guys, and, and, and my, my mom did everything in the world to make a happy Christmas for us when we were growing up. And so if I can give that back, you know, you dang on straight, I'm gonna do it. So yeah, I, nah. I, I was glad, man. I, I was I was so thankful, and, and, and I commend ESPN Richmond. So let me get that out there. I commend you guys for in the U of R Spiders who showed up yesterday, uh, the all of the local high school teams who gave back, and all this type of jazz, Bob, that we put together for this event to support those. And that, so that they can have a, a, a happy uh, baseball, basketball, baseball glove, soccer ball, football in front of their tree when they get, when they wake up on Sunday morning.
1: I couldn't have said any better, Bruce. And again, thank you for, for doing what you did. Thanks to Parney for starting that whole thing. You'll have a great time out at the Diamond. You let me know what night you're going, and I'm going to try and crash that party. I think that would be a blast and a lot of fun. I was able to, you know, donate a little bit. Not quite 100, but I was able to stuff that red kettle that we had out there yesterday as well. We just had a caller during the commercial break that said, hey, what's that What's that website where I can go to donate for Cheer and Gear? So we're still getting people who want to help. and. I just love all of that, uh, Bruce. And, and you mentioned Greg and Sean Ryan who helped start this thing. I, I'll be honest with you, Bruce. I was a little worried about what the what it was going to look like yesterday. Like, we haven't done this in a couple of years, the whole pandemic thing. We haven't been able to do it. Uh, and it wasn't the 10, 12 hours that Greg used to do it. It was a three-hour window. And I was just overwhelmed and just amazed by the number of people who came out, the guests we had, the people that stopped by, that donated sporting goods, that dropped the of, of, a few bucks into the kettle. Um, It was really an amazing experience. Yesterday, I just happened to have Channel 12 on my TV uh, here in the home studio, and they just showed some video of the distribution center over there at Stony Point and starting to distribute the balls, the bats, the gloves, uh, the bicycles, everything else that they're doing over there. So um, it, it was really a great event yesterday, and thank you again for your tremendous support, not only yesterday but through those 17 years that you mentioned.
3: Kudos to everyone involved.
1: Absolutely. Beginning with you and our listeners who really made it happen. So, uh, greatly appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, let let me know when you're heading out to the Squirrels game, all right?
3: We shall do, Bob. We shall do. We shall you do. got hey, Bob, it. Bob, just, just yeah. a real quick footnote. Uh, as it relates to the association, I, I, I give kudos to the association in this end-season tournament, Bob. And I know we don't have time to talk about it today, but the NBA has once again done something that's creative to bring sports and bring fans back to the TV, too.
1: So now, wait a minute. Refresh my memory from last week. Uh, And, Lewis, Lewis, I want you to jump on here (laughs) because I know know, know Lewis got it wrong. I remember that. But were you picking the Uh Lakers, Bruce, to win this thing?
3: I really like the Pacers. Okay. I really so I I picked the Pacers to I picked the Pacers to beat Milwaukee uh and they did and and then I I even like them going out west. I just think this Halliburton kid and and, and that young nucleus and the coaching of Rick Carlisle uh that, that's, that's a good squad. It's going to be a tough component a tough opponent for our 76ers. And Bob, I was rocking the Mo Malone jersey yesterday. Yeah, well, I, saw I, I saw that.
1: Up. I saw that. I saw the pictures that you had there with some of the spider basketball players and and Greg Burton. I saw that. You were rocking it, and you you rocked it well too, Bruce. I got to give you that. You look good.
4: <laughs> so yes, I did make the wrong pick. You did. Um, yeah. Who'd you
1: pick, Louis? You took the Pelicans. I didn't took you?
4: the Pelicans. I took Zion, and um, you know, Zion faced LeBron, and LeBron gave him the work, man. So it's very unfortunate, <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I was rooting for him. He's still shooting at a high percentage right now, though, so, you know.
1: Yep, yep, but it wasn't the Pelicans and it wasn't the Pacers. And and they're actually putting a banner up for this, aren't they, Bruce? Yes,
3: yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure uh, if I it's worth all that, but what the heck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but, but Zion put up 36 last night, sweet Lou.
4: Yeah, man, but he didn't do it against, you know, LeBron, man. Like, that's when it counted. But, you know, hopefully he'll get it back in the finals.
3: Oh, hold on, Sweet Lou. Pump your brakes a little bit, bro. Pump your
4: brakes. (laughs) You
3: don't think the Pelicans are getting to the finals, do you, Bruce? No, I do not. Not out (laughs) that west.
4: Hey, we'll be revisiting this conversation again soon. We will.
3: Okay. I got it. Hey, thanks, Bob. Thanks, Thanks, Sweet Lou.
4: Yep.
1: Thanks again. I love that Sweet Lou thing, too. And you're standing by those Pelicans, aren't you, Sweet
4: Lou? Yeah, man. Look, Zion is is going to go down as one of the greatest. Wow. Hear me when I say that.
1: Wow. I might have to say pump the brakes, sweet Lou, on that one. Well, (laughs) you better find a way to keep him healthy.
4: Right. Yeah, man. If we can just get him in shape, you know, he's going to be a totally different animal.
1: Yep. All right. I'll keep an eye on that. I always like Zion. I like him. That's all right. Okay. And he's from Duke, too. Yep. Absolutely absolutely um all right i got one more thing i want to get to but we've been having you know so much fun with our callers here in the last few minutes i'm not quite sure where we are so we're gonna do a little programming on the air here do i need a break now or do i got a couple minutes sweet lou before we take uh before we take the last break here what am i doing
4: you got about another minute or two do you uh, think, I got Bob? a
1: minute or two and then we'll take a break and we will come back with the last segment so i, I i'm going to set this up and then we'll come back um, on the other side of this. But again, I do want to thank Bruce and everybody else who was out there yesterday and, um, you know the, the guest lineup that we had yesterday. Well, you know it's not something we do every day, and you know we love to just talk sports and all. But yesterday was so special and so different with our with our cheering gear. Um, the the lineup that uh, Scott Hawthorne and our folks put together from Dennis Bickmeyer all the way through to Greg Burton and Parney and Jack Barry from Richmond Region Tourism, uh, uh, Tony Stevens from the Richmond Raceway, Madeline McCracken from the new uh, USLW League Women's Soccer League team, um, uh, Rebecca from the Salvation Army, Rebecca Turnbull from the Salvation Army, and she stuck around a long time. Uh, I saw her in the pictures even later in the day after I left, so uh, thank you to, to everyone who participated in, in, that, in that yesterday. Alright, uh, we're going to get a break in here, and then we'll have the last segment to kind of finish this up, uh, but man, there was a college basketball coach who... Um, said something the other day that just totally rubbed me and a lot of other people the wrong way. And, yes, it involved my beloved Richmond Spiders um, in kind of a backhanded way, and I just couldn't believe it. Uh, play you the sound bite when we come back. A lot of you have probably seen it, and I just don't know what this coach was thinking. Uh, you know, I know he was mad at his team, and he kind of took it out on the other team and a team that was not even an innocent bystander, wasn't even involved in this thing in the first place. So what am I talking about? You'll find out when we come back. Let's get this break in here. We'll come back. We'll finish the Tuesday Sports Huddle. Lewis will get us right back on track so that we have our last segment, and then we get out at the top of the hour as we wind out on a Tuesday edition of the Sports Huddle, one oh six one ESPN
0: more or less on their stats if you get them right you can win up to 25 times your cash it's quick and easy to make your picks and with fast and safe deposits and withdrawals prize picks is the place to play this season prize picks has awesome weekly promotions and they're the only daily fantasy platform with an injury insurance policy keeping you in the game even if one of your players goes down Watch your entry update in real time and continue the fun by making picks on second half and fourth quarter stats. And right now, when you go to prizepicks.com slash primetime and use code primetime, prizepicks is matching your first deposit up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash primetime with code primetime for a 100% deposit match. Prizepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for details. Here's an unexpected... And if you want even more excitement on game day, it's time to get on Prize Picks, the best way to win big on fantasy sports. Here's how it works. Just pick two to six players and choose more or less... All right,
1: final stuff here on on a Tuesday afternoon. So Saturday... Villanova beats UCLA 65-56. Good cross-country matchup there. Um, Villanova came from behind at halftime, outscored him by 13 in the second half. And Mick Cronin, UCLA's coach, was ticked off, man. He was mad as could be about the way his team played in that game, particularly rebounding. Got out-rebounded at the end by about five five or six boards in the game. So he sits down at his post-game press conference, and he obviously gets, gets asked about the rebounding disparity. And Villanova had two guys with ten rebounds, uh, and one of them is very familiar to us, was Tyler Burton, the former Richmond Spider who did it for four years at Richmond. The other, Eric Dixon, who's averaging about eight rebounds a game. And Mick Cronin was asked about those guys getting double-figure rebounds. In fact, Burton had a double-double. He had 18 points and 10 rebounds. And here's the ever-gracious uh, coach, in sarcasm, of UCLA, Mick Cronin, about the rebounding, particularly from Burton and Dixon. Take a listen.
3: I mean, Eric, Eric Dixon, it's not like he's a great athlete. He's got 10 rebounds. You know, the other kid, Burton, played four years at Richmond. You gotta,
1: You know, go, go get the ball. Huh? What did he mean by all that? I don't know if Mick Cronin's a jerk or not, but he sure sounded like it in that soundbite. I don't think he was it was taken out of context either. Uh, you know, first of all, Eric Dixon, he, he's not a great athlete. Really? He's averaging 14 points, seven rebounds a game. He's shooting 46% from the floor. And in his career, he's averaged over six rebounds a game. Like, every season except his, except his freshman season when he didn't play in every, in every game. And then how about taking a shot at the entire Richmond basketball program? Oh, Tyler Burton, how could he have 10 rebounds? He played at Richmond for four years. you got to be kidding me. Like, how could a coach, like, get away with saying that stuff? And again, I don't I don't know him at all. I know somebody who knows him. You know, he was at, at Cincinnati before he got the UCLA job, and I know Cincinnati's broadcaster pretty pretty darn well. I'm sure I could text him or call him and say, What kind of what kind of guy was Mick Cronin? But why why is he making comments like that? Um man, I, I just didn't boy did that rub me the wrong way. And that, that made the rounds, I can tell you. It made the rounds on social media, but it also made the rounds in some group uh, texts that I was involved in. Uh Eric Dixon, it's not like he's a great athlete. He got 10 rebounds. The other kid, Burton, played four years at Richmond. Come on, Mick. What do you mean by that? You know, Tyler Burton was one of the top rebounders uh, in Richmond history, quite frankly, and in his four years, I think he probably averaged seven or eight rebounds a year at least. Let me look up his number. I should know these. off Yes, over seven rebounds a season other than his freshman year. And he was at about at four. After that, he was eight rebounds a year consistently every season at Richmond. Of course, led the Spiders in scoring last couple of years, averaging 16 and 19. 16 in the year they went to the NCAA and actually won a game. And then 19 in his in his senior season last year and seven and a half rebounds. Per game. Why don't you just criticize your own players, Mick? You don't have to go criticize the other team's player, and then the other team's player's former school that has a pretty good basketball tradition. You know, it didn't win ten straight NCAA championships like UCLA did. Oh, you weren't there when that happened, Mick. Uh, that was that was some guy Hall of Famer named named John Wooden who did that. And your team is muddling along at like five and three on the season. And couldn't hold a lead against Villanova and wound up losing by nine points. So, think before you speak next time. Again, that just really rubbed me the wrong way, particularly the Burton Richmond comment. But again, if I'm Eric Dixon, I'm not real happy not being called an athlete. Like how how do you what do you how do you judge that? Ten rebounds in the game. I know he's mad at his guys. They didn't go get the ball. All of that. But just say that. Call your own guys out. Don't call guys out on the other team like that. That's ridiculous. All right. Uh, I'm not going to end on that sour note, but that I did want to get to that today, kind of get that off my chest because I haven't been on uh, consistently to do that. Uh, we will be this week. do want to r- remind you that kind of started the show by mentioning that. But this is actually um – a week in which we're on all five days there's no richmond basketball during the week there's no travel nothing along those lines so we're here uh every day through friday and then with bowl season upon us we'll do some bowl interviews this week in fact tomorrow i will have uh phoenix sproles the wide receiver from jmu fascinating story because he spent most of his career at north dakota state won three national championships there one of them was against james madison he winds up transferring to jmu he had a touchdown fact in the championship game against JMU. Transfers to JMU. They go F- they're go. they now FBS. They got a chance to win a bowl game uh, coming up next week. So we're going to talk with them. Phoenix Sproles uh, tomorrow, as we tell you all the time when it involves JMU, and they are great about getting us players and Coach Cignetti, um before he left, and we are going to get Coach Chesney here in the next week or so. Uh, they practice in the late afternoon, so we tape those interviews, taping that one midday tomorrow with Phoenix Sproles, and we'll play it back probably at 5.30 uh, tomorrow afternoon on the sports outlet. So if you're JMU fans, hopefully you heard, um, Matt's conversation uh, today with their interim head coach, Robo, as uh, he is affectionately known. That conversation will be on our website at ESPNRichmond.com if you missed it. And then I'll have Phoenix Sproles on tomorrow afternoon. Again, as I said, uh, taping that middle afternoon. We'll run it probably at 530 tomorrow as JMU gets ready for the Armed Forces Bowl uh, a week from Saturday, December 23rd, down there in Fort Worth, Texas. Kind of sorry it's so far away, but I'm sure the JMU fans will figure out a way to get there, even with it being two days before Christmas so that's the 330 game they are what the second of the four Virginia teams uh to uh be in bowl games old dominion gets it started on monday in the famous toastery bowl against western kentucky down in charlotte virginia tech uh we'll have somebody on from tech we have greg medea today talking uva i'll get somebody from virginia tech this week they get set for uh tulane in the military bowl a week from wednesday and then on january 1st it's liberty against number eight oregon in the fiesta bowl um all right, that, that about does it for us on a Tuesday afternoon. I'm really glad I got that off my chest just a moment ago. That had really been bugging me about Mick Cronin's comments, you know, after that loss. Anyway, uh, thanks to Greg Medea today for joining us the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, we talked some UVA football, a little bit of UVA basketball as well. Greg from the Charlottesville Daily progress. And again, tomorrow, Phoenix Sproles, wide receiver JMU, will uh, play that interview for you probably in the 5 o'clock hour. Tomorrow afternoon, Thursday, in studio with Sean Robertson from CBS 6, and then we'll do something fun. Fee wants you to have a happy holla deal. That's right, holla deal. Now, during Staples Holla deals, you can save up to $115 on the HP Smart Tank 6001 all in one printer with up to two years of original HP ink right in the box. Plus, find savings
3: of up to 40% on select HP computers. Computers and monitors. Happy Holla Deals from Staples and HP, America's most trusted printer brand. Smart Tank Offer and 1223, HP Tech Offers and 1624. Visit staplescom HP for details. Jim Gaffigan here with some more Straight Talk. Let's take a moment to appreciate our sweet children, loving grandparents, and eternal soulmates. Now let's use them to save money on wireless. Because with the Straight Talk Silver Plan, you get four lines for just $25 a month with unlimited data and no contracts. So add those human pawns, I mean loved ones, and save money. Thanks kids, they're finally worth it. Straight Talk Wireless, available at Walmart. This is Sports Sports Center. I'm Christine Lee.